0: We have been working on a series on our midweeks talking about living stress-free, praise God. Praise the Lord. So we're going to go to our key verse, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, please. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm not going to read the whole text this time, but I am going to read at least the first verse there. And uh, it says, but know this. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to know something. Amen. I think this, you know, you need to know, uh, you know, when you, when you start understanding where it's coming from, you know, you need to know uh, that in the last days, and, and really as uh, as you kind of look at that, as you study that, it kind of even re- makes the implication as as days progress, you know, so not just referring to end times per se, but as days progress, and uh, so it's, it is it is accurate, as days progress, perilous times are there? I mean, it just seemed like they intensify or they grow. You know, we're in a time and an hour. They said that it was supposed to be a little easier and everything, and it just gets more and more, more and more stressful because of everything that goes on. And the things that should have been probably made life simpler, some sometimes uh, haven't done that. I'll just leave that alone. Uh, but anyway, the the word perilous uh, means difficult, uh, fierce, or ferocious. But it means to re. The reducing of strength or the reducing of of the strength of of one. And it refers to times of stress. So if you kind of stop me, think about that. um, Times of stress or stressful times, my cross-reference says. um, You know, anytime you allow stress in your life, it does reduce your strength. I mean, if you stop and kind of get it, it just just levels you. It'll level you uh, emotionally, physically, mentally. You know, it just, it has a tendency to really just kind of uh, you know, take the air out of your tires. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. And it does do that, and so uh, that's why I felt in my heart that we'll, we're we're going to jump on this thing, and we're going to uh, we're going to eliminate stress in our life. And so what we've done uh, over the last several weeks is uh, we I think our first week we took this whole text and began to dive into it a little bit and take you know take it in context and. And, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, uh, you know, kind of sums up by saying, you know, men will be, you know, in these last days, men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And the whole thing in text is dealing with the fact that, you know, anytime it's all about you, whether we're talking about self-serving or self-striving, okay, because that's kind of, you know, two ends of the spectrum there a little bit, but it's still about self. And so anytime it's about you, just it's all about you or it's all about you doing You're opening the door to stress. Okay, so in this text, he's trying to bring out, you know, in these days, you know, it's it needs to be more and more as the days uh, move forward that you need to be more in love with God than you are of of you. Any, come on, right? Right. I mean, as it grows, right? And so, uh, you know, uh, it just, you know, just it just helps. I mean, if you're uh, more, you know, moving more toward God, uh, then I guarantee you. Uh, you're at least going to uh, do your part to eliminate some of the stressful things that go on in our life. And so we, we took a week and just dove into that. We took a, a couple weeks talking about entering into the rest of God and what that means and uh, deal with uh, everything uh, from you know, His presence, talking about uh, moving in there and drawing on the, on the, on the, uh, the mercy uh, to deal with the things of the past and the grace to, to move you forward in the things in the future, praise God talking about, you know, spend a lot of time talking about grace. And then last week we dealt with, uh, we talked about in his rest, part of that is, you know, hearing God. It's hearing the words from God, hearing the voice of God. Amen. If you will hear God, God can walk you through things. There are things that become very stressful that if we just took a little time and heard from heaven, you'd probably get your answer before you even come to that thing. I mean, just sometimes a little word for the day, that's all it takes. Just one, one word from God can... Uh, you know, can save you from a headache, a backache, come on somebody, and on and on it goes. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go on. God knows what's happening around the corner. I said, God knows what's going on around the corner. He knows what's coming on in the next day. He knows what's going to happen, you know, there at work and uh, or at home or whatever. And uh, you just have to understand that God God knows these things. So, so many times it's these little moments with God where you're entering into the rest of God. You're just letting God be God, amen, and let God walk you through things. Amen. And I'm just going to say this. Don't just wait for when all hell breaks loose. Because now you're kind of like digging out of a hole or something, you know what I mean? And uh, so, you know, know, this needs to be something that we do on a daily basis. Amen. And, uh, you know, the idea is, the word is pretty clear that he wants to deliver you from the snare of the fowler. You know, and, and in context, it's talking about, you know, he's not waiting for you to fall in the trap before he pulls you out of the trap. He wants you to deliver you from it. Amen. So that way he'll steer you around things. Amen. Because those things all become stressful moments. In fact, this word here, times, believe it or not, is kairos. Huh. Perilous times, okay? Kairos. Now, you, you know, you, most of the time you kind of study on kairos. It's dealing with that, those divine moments that happen, you know, these kairos moments that God's. But here he says that even that, there's, there's even these moments, yeah, these stressful moments that happen. And so you have to understand that they're out there. And it's just part of the traps. It's just part of the little scheming and the plotting that the enemy does. Amen. Creating a little tension here and a little tension there and a thing being said here and then working this person against this person or, or causing uh, this thing to uh, happen in a way that then it stirs you emotionally or stirs you mentally and pretty soon you're caught up in it. And then, and then here you go, right? Now my point is not to talk about all the bad. That's not my point here, but... But you just have to understand that that's why I said, Know this. Know this. Okay? Uh, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to live this life without getting shot at. Okay? And, and so you just have to understand the enemy's always out plotting and scheming. So it's better to be ahead of him because the word says, Amen, that it's to your advantage. You know, all God's offered, the Holy Ghost, praise God, His Word, the armor of God, amen, a word from heaven in due season. All of these things are things to give you the advantage, amen, that no matter what the enemy's planning, amen, God will steer you around all this thing, praise God, and hopefully keep you in a place where you're stress-free. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right, praise the Lord. So with that said today, we're going to go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. And we're going to talk about avoiding the thoughts that cause stress. you got to talk about this somewhere along the line, right? Come on, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just we're buying into things. Things are being, you know, things are happening and going on, and pretty soon you just sit and think on something, stew on something. Before long, you've stressed yourself out. I said before long, you've stressed yourself out. You know, you could, be, you could be driving down the road and look up and see a billboard, and it makes it snaps a thought in your head about something, and, and it just gets you all caught up in it. Before you get to your destination, you're all stressed out because you just had a thought. Are you still with me? Somebody gives a phone call, and, you know, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen. There's reasonings, assumptions. There's all kinds of things that are out there. And you just have to understand that, that reasonings and, and assumptions are just that. Reasonings and assumptions. I just thought I'd throw that one out first, okay? All right? It's just, you know, you can't, you can't let everything just, you know, just kind of lock in your head and, and then control you and dictate. Amen? So we have to take authority over our thoughts here. So let's talk about this thing here coming out of Matthew 6 first. Verse, uh, verse 25 is where we'll start. And it says this Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a command. Amen. It's not, it's not just some, you know, just some, uh, uh, you know, little, little thing. He just, you know, you know if, if you feel like it, you know, don't worry or try not to worry. Um, he says, don't worry, all right? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. I didn't say walk around looking like a slob and, or naked or what? Okay, right, that's probably true. I just heard a testimony of somebody that a guy came naked in a church and uh, buck naked. And the little old lady saw him walk in. She just went up to him and said, honey, you just come over here and sit by me. <laughs> and before, before they were through the service, he'd already accepted Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> got him delivered. Praise the Lord. And I guess got him out there and got some clothes on him. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, praise God So anyway, praise the Lord uh, So don't worry about what you, you know, about your life What you're eating, what you're drinking, what, you, what you're what you wearing Praise God, amen It is not life, look at this, Is not life more than food And the body more than clothing, alright He's asking some questions here, of course, yeah it is Alright, verse 26, let's just keep moving here Look at the birds of the air, for they neither soar nor reap uh, Nor gather into barns, yet uh, your heavenly Father feeds them Are you not of more value than they are, eh Come on, right, are you not Look at your neighbor. And say you're you're more value than a bird, even though that's a cute little bird, sweet little bird. It's fun to watch through the window as it eats at the bird feeder. That's hallelujah, whatever. But uh, it's a precious little thing. It's wonderful. at it, you know, haw, you know. But you're of more value than any bird. So he's trying to tell you that if listen, if God's going to take care of the birds, He sure as heck going to take care of you. So you don't need to be worrying and stressing out about stuff. Come on now, right? He goes on. Uh, let's see, uh, verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit uh, to his stature? Did, I mean, worrying ain't going to do anything except just make, except stress you out. In fact, maybe this would be a good place to give a definition of worry. Worry. Uh, I'm not going uh, to. Miram no, n- Miram neo. I think is how the the he, he or the Greek word here. Uh, so there, I didn't do it justice. But anyway, it means to be anxious about. It means to have or to take care, all right, and it means to be full of care, and of course it uses words like stress, okay, in there. The synonyms to this word, uh, words like fretting, to be restless. Um, See, some people might say, I'm not worrying, but you're restless. Uh, It means means concern or anguish or uneasy or upset. Come on. I mean, sometimes, I think the reason we're, we're reading these is because sometimes we, we somehow think, well, I'm not worrying. Well, if you're all upset, you probably are worrying. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, troubled, preoccupied, and of course, the word stressed in there. So, these are just, these are just synonyms to this word. Now, here's the anonym. I thought I'd, this time I'd do something a little different. So, this is, uh, this is the opposite of stress, or, or probably opposite of worry. Uh, it means relax. take a chill pill, no, no, okay, calm, all right, settle down, still, at rest, okay, these are, of course, some things we've been talking about over the last couple weeks, Uh, stand at ease, or uh, get this now, ease of one's mind, okay, to be unburdened or eased of one's mind or in one's mind. So the the reason, too, for reading this is, um, you know, a synonym is talking about, you know, he brings out that, You know, worry is about being preoccupied in the mind, right? Okay, now the opposite would be to be, uh, you know, to be at ease in your mind, right? I mean, because right now what's happening is the enemy's trying to play head game with you, trying to get you all caught up, preoccupied with something. Still with me? Okay. All right, now God, you know, Jesus said, you know, this is words in red, and he said, do not worry. So your worry ain't going to do anything, ain't going to change anything, except get you all worked up. So verse 28 says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, uh, will he not much more clothe you, uh, O you of little faith? That's pretty, I mean, he's kind of getting pretty, you know, I mean, O you of little faith. I mean, it's not like he's... You know, this is pretty serious stuff. Come on, somebody. Right? I mean, it's not, remember, it's not just some lightweight, you know, it's not just a suggestion here. It's not just some friendly suggestion. He's trying to say, listen, worry ain't going to help you. In fact, if you really want to know, worry is fear-based. It's always fear-based. It's fear-based thoughts. Okay? any Stress, for the most part, is going to come out of uh, you know some form of fear-based thoughts, and anytime it's fear-based, what happens is it's going to shut your faith down. Now, if it shuts your faith down, that means the mountains ain't going to go. That means the problem ain't going to cease. Come on, somebody, that means things are just going to keep on going. You still with me? Yeah. So we want to, you know, we want to, we want to grab hold of this. All right, uh, verse thirty-one again. Uh, therefore, we uh, therefore do not worry, saying. Now, I like, uh, I think it's the Old King James says it this way, take no thought saying. So he clarifies it uh, by uh, the Old King James that he's dealing with the fact, remember, worry is just nothing but really, it's really nothing but thoughts. Okay? So, uh, I can't remember now who said this, uh, uh, but uh, one time I heard uh, thoughts uh, defined as, Um, nothing but invitations. Thoughts are invitations. Here comes a thought, now it's an invitation. Okay, so you just have to decide which party you're going to. Are you hearing me? So you have an invite to to a party, and you have to decide, is that a party I want to go to? So if it's going to be a party of you know, of worry, stress, and anxiety, or we're gonna see here in a minute, or or would you rather take on other thoughts where you're gonna go somewhere where there's peace? Come on, somebody, and rest. Come on, somebody. Okay. You can either go to a stressful party or a stressless party. Anybody hear me? Okay, now we have to we have to catch this. So do not worry saying what shall we eat? or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Okay? He's not against any of it. He's not saying you can't have it. He said, he said we, Father knows you have need all this stuff. He knows it probably better than you do. In fact, he probably knows all the things you need. Come on, somebody. You might be limited in your list of what you think you need. All right, Verse 33. And this is a common text, right? Uh, but, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things uh, shall be added unto you. So in other words, he wants you to go move, move toward him. Set your sights on higher things here, right? Seek the kingdom, okay? Uh, go after him, right? And all these things, I'll go after you. In fact, I like to always say it this way, you know, anytime, you know, if you just chase God, all this other stuff chases you. Because that's how it was designed. It was designed, to, it was designed to, you know, come your way. Come on, instead of you around out trying to chase everything. So you go after God, let all this other stuff come after you. All right? All right, verse 34. Therefore, he sums it up. Now, remember, now, you know, 33 is a verse we all know, but you got to remember uh, 30, verse 33 comes after verse 32 and before verse 34. I know it's not real deep, but, Right? Okay, so remember what he's talking about. Therefore, hey, because of all this, listen, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, worry about its own thing. There's enough out there to, you know, you don't need to be sitting here stewing about it. Come on, right? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So in other words, there's no bit. No, we have no business being filled and riddled with worry. Amen. Being agitated. What's all these uh, words again? Filled with anguish concerned, uneasy, troubled, preoccupied, mentally uh, stressed out. Amen. There is no reason for it. You know, I, I was just—I just had a thought. Okay. So don't worry about tomorrow. You know that's why. You know that's why you spend time with Him because if you spend time with Him, then no matter what was designed for you tomorrow, you might alter it somehow. Or come on, right? You might. You may not, you know, no matter what the enemy's laid out for you or whatever, uh, you know, you just spend a little time, get a word from heaven, and all of a sudden you're, you're missing all that anyway. So you went to the right party. All right, well, anyway. Doing okay? All right, so uh, put Philippians 4. We're going to probably um, read some of this here in Philippians 4. And um, I'll read part of it now, and we'll work through that, and then we'll come back and read some of it later. All right, so um, we're talking about living a stress-free life, okay? Do you know that mo- you know, really, to be honest, um, I probably could say this uh, and not be, you know, exaggerating, um, but most of the things that we stress out about, we have control over. That's just, I mean, it's true. And uh, so, um, uh, now I didn't say everything, but most things we have control over. And definitely we have control over our own thoughts. All right? So it says here, be anxious for nothing. This is in verse 6 of chapter 4 of Philippians, 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, stop stressing out about stuff. All right, stop worrying about everything. You know, some people feel like if they if they're not worrying about it, then they're being, uh, uh, you know, um, ir- yeah, that'd be a good word, irresponsible. Well, no, it's it's actually more responsible to avoid worry because who are you trusting in? So if we're trusting in Him, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, you know there's uh, you'll get, you can walk. You're more apt to walk free from from uh, anxiety and and stress and and worry. Praise God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. It, but in everything by prayer. So in other words, you're, what He's trying to do here is say, listen, you you put your attention somewhere else. If you really stop and look at this, what He's saying. Okay, stop worrying about all that. Let's now look to God. Start praying. Come on. And supplication. In other words, if it's something else that's that's beyond you, maybe you're supplicating on behalf of another. Come on. Regardless, prayer and supplication with? So where's the thanksgiving aimed at? At God. So really, the whole text here is talking about there's one way to get free from anxiety. put your attention on God. Right. Commune with him, talk to him and give thanks. Amen. Amen. what was it the other We were just reading something about Thanksgiving. What is that? Thanksgiving is the language of, of what was that? Courtship. The language of what? Court, courtship with God. with God. The language of courtship with God. I thought that was kind of cool yeah. you know because you know it's all about you know you know giving thanks you know and just taking some time to do that. You'd be amazed how much anxiety I go out the window when you just start giving God some thanks. Anyway, it's a thought right? Well it is a thought. it's a good thought. So it's an invite so you know which which part are you going to? I'd rather go hang out with God any day yes. yeah. Come on somebody so you know okay well, anyway, let your request be made known to God verse 7 then something happens here because it's pretty common across the board when you're dealing with uh, you know, Uh, your thought life, okay? He says, and then what? The peace of God. Did we say the peace of God? God. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, surpasses anything that you, you know, your mind wants to run down a certain road and probably in all honesty, it's trying to, you know, trying to take in all these other thoughts and that's bringing anxiety and stress and everything. He says, listen, as you begin to praise God, as you begin to commune with Him, and talk with Him, and praise Him, you know, give Him thanks, amen, all of a sudden now something else begins to happen. Instead of you being all stressed out mentally, amen, the peace of God now comes and surpasses, amen, in other words, all those thoughts that are trying to give you invites to go down one party, amen, God shows up and says, no, come on over to my party. The peace of God. Now the word peace, uh, the word looks like Irene, but it's, it's uh, Irene, I think is how it is. And, uh, but it just means wholeness or completeness or divine order. You know, um, the Hebrew word for that, of course, is one we all know, shalom. Amen. So, again, me- meaning everything working, uh, you know, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in order. Come on, somebody. Everything like it should be. Amen. That's why they greet each other, you know, over there. Uh, you know, in other parts of the world, they greet each other with "shalom, shalom," telling them how life should be instead of asking them how it is. Right. It's a big. There's a. There's some a lot of truth to that, yeah. amen. So they just speak that over each other all the time, amen. Life's good for you, amen. Everything's working. Everything's in order. Everything's happening like it should, amen. So the peace of God, amen. So in both the new covenant and old covenant, even though it's a different. Uh, you know, it's Greek and Hebrew, but they still basically have the same, same definition. So uh, the peace of God, which then surpasses all understanding, amen, then begins to do something. It begins to what? Guards your heart and, and your mind. Right? I mean, think about all that goes on. I mean, think about just the stressful stuff that goes on. Think of all the people issues, just people issues. That if we would just start leaning on God, amen, all of a sudden it begins to surpass All your thinking, so your your little pea brain that wants to run down that road, come on, right? right. I'm sorry. I I don't want to offend none of you. I'll just talk about my own pea brain. (laughs) Okay? Sometimes my pea brain gets the best of me. Come on, somebody. And it wants to run down a road. It's got no business going down because it's trying to take a thought. So it took an invite, and now it's going down, heading to some party I don't want to go to. Come on, somebody. Right? Some stressful, stressed-out filled with anguish, uh, uh, come on, somebody, uh, all worked up, whatever it is, and pretty soon you're all caught up. And those are the kind of things, especially when you're dealing with people issues, it doesn't just deal with the head, man, it deals with the heart. And if you don't watch it because you took an invite, one of those thoughts you had no business taking, now you've been wounded in your heart. And God says, whoa, whoa, brave, we don't want to go to that party. Take one of my invites. Let's let the peace of God come on the scene. And then it will surpass your thoughts, your thinking. That, you know, that thing is getting you in trouble right now. And then it begins to do, it mounts guard over your heart and your mind. That's good news. All because you made a decision to point your attention toward him instead of taking the other thought. Are you still with me? Now listen, he, he said, do not worry. Be anxious for nothing. Come on, this ain't, this ain't some, you know, he's not, this ain't something you play patty cake with. You're gonna have to get real about this. All right? Because I mean, sometimes we're stressing out about stuff we got no business stressing out about. God provides, God delivers, God's gonna show himself. Amen. So stop being all worked up about it. Am I in the right house? Just checking here. I thought maybe I went showed up the wrong church today. Come on now. So, you know, we got, we got to take it serious here. I'd rather have the peace of God, you know, on me than anxiety, than stress. Amen. Okay. All right. Uh, so with that said, uh, we'll come back to Philippians 4 here in a minute. Uh, put, the, uh, put Isaiah uh, 26 on the board. Um, and did I give you both three and four by chance? Um, now nah, we'll just leave three. Just That's good. That's good, Kathy. Give Kathy a hand a clap. What a blessing she is. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So it says this in Isaiah 26 and 3. You will keep him, and then whoever, okay, that'd be you or me. Come on. You will keep him in what? Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Why? Why would you put your mind on him? Well, because you trust in him. Right? I mean, because, you know, if we trust in him, then that's probably who we should lean on. Now, this word here, keep him in perfect peace, I believe, Now, I, I, I didn't look it up here today, but I'm pretty sure that's shalom, shalom. So that's, if you look it up, it's two, I think it's two words, just, you will keep him in shalom, shalom. No, just in case you didn't get the first one, we'll give you a double whammy here. So that's why he calls it perfect peace. Amen. So I like a little shalom, shalom. Come on yeah, now. Yeah. Amen. So anyway, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose, here we go, whose mind is what? Stayed on you or stayed on him, we could say, okay, because in context is what he's talking about, all right? So what he's saying is you got to keep your mind stayed on him. Remember, peace comes on the scene, right? The peace of God, all of a sudden, you know, sometimes, sometimes you don't even know how to define it. It's just... It just happens. You start setting your mind on Him, and all of a sudden, that thing you're all worked up about, just it just kind of all runs out. And all of a sudden, man, you feel like you can breathe again, and, you're, you know, you're not all, you know, wigged out. You know, you're kind of, you know, now you're kind of, woo, okay, man. Uh, uh, you can kind of, you know, feel like you can move forward again. Amen. And that's how it's supposed to work. Amen. And then it begins to mount a guard over that heart. Mount guard over your mind, praise God. Amen. And, you know, uh, you know, we all sing songs that we trust Him. <clears throat> and we've all told each other that we trust Him. So if we trust Him, then let's put our mind on Him. Now, remember in context, see, He's dealing with these things. There's all kinds of things going on, and it's real easy to have, you know, your mind caught up in that and your mind caught up in this or your mind caught up in that. And again as I said earlier we you know if we don't you don't watch it you start thinking that well you know if I'd be irresponsible if I if I didn't think about this or think about that or think about this All right all right let's 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 take a look let's go to Colossians 3 put that up Colossians 3 one and two please Therefore as the elect uh, I actually I need uh, verse 1 and verse 2 I'm sorry I probably made that look like a 12 there, didn't I? That's my fault. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 says, if then you were raised with Christ. Anybody in here raised with Christ? Anybody in here born again? Anybody in here not? Okay, just thought I'd check. Okay, so if you all know Jesus, all right. So then it says, if you've been raised up together with Him, right, then seek those things which are above. Now, that word seek just means, literally means movement or activation toward. In other words, you're, you're making movement toward. So if you're going to say you're seeking God, then you've got to be making some kind of movement toward him. Okay? In this case, it's talking about just learning to just set your mind on him, you're learning to, to think about something other than what's going on right now around you. Okay. Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sit, uh, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, a common text. We all know it, a pretty, pretty small little verse here, but it, it says a lot. Set your mind. See, remember, there, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is set on him. See, so he's saying the same thing. Set. You have to do it. This is your, this is your job. This ain't my job uh, to keep your mind set. It's your job to keep your mind set. It ain't even God's job to keep your mind set. Anybody hear me? God ain't going to come down and make you think about something else. So you have to set your mind. You determine what you're going to think about and what you're going to gnaw on and chew on and come on. And so set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. And again, see so we say, well, if I if I don't think about this or if I don't if I don't worry about this or I don't stew on this, who will? My mom used to say that. Bless her heart. Amen. Hope she's not listening. Anyway, no, actually, I wish you would. Anyway, uh, you know, they used to, you know, make little comments, you know. It's like, you know, if, you know, if I don't worry about it, nobody else will, you know. And uh, that's that's not true. Come on. There's a lot of people out there that are going to worry all, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Amen. And there's enough people worrying about it. You don't need to worry about it. I mean, it ain't, ain't going to change one thing. Jesus made it clear it ain't going to, it's not going to change anything. Except make you all, you know, wigged out somehow. What does wigged out mean? Does anybody know? I should look that up before I keep saying it. I get in trouble on that one or something. But uh, anyway, uh, isn't that the truth? I mean, you all, you know, all it did was get you all worked up. All it did was get you, you know, in a place where you can't sleep now. All it did was get you in a place where you're, you know, uh, mentally, uh, you know, w- worked up or emotionally worked up or or all it did for you is 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 get you, uh, you know, you know, maybe maybe your your body doing things it shouldn't be doing. Yeah. You know, we we uh, you know said the I think the first couple of weeks we were doing this series that you know they say ninety percent of all diseases are stemmed out of stress because your body wasn't designed to be stressed. So your body goes into a stress mode and it begins to affect certain parts of your uh, your body and pretty soon then it it, it it's like it just opens the door for demonic whatever. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, you, you're dealing with things physically, mentally, and emotionally that you weren't designed to have to deal with. And now you need a miracle to even come out of that or get, get through that. And, and, and a lot of times it all starts out of just things that we decide we're just going to sit and think about. Because we set our minds on the things of the earth. Now, God knows what you have to deal with. And like we brought read there in, in Matthew 6, he knows you have need of all this stuff. He knows what, what needs to happen for your life. He knows exactly what... But see, if you spend time with him he, he, and just start to put your mind on him, then let him walk you through everything. I mean, I'm telling you, there are things that we worry about we got no business worrying about. We, had, we, we, we didn't change a thing. And some of this stuff we worry about was probably just going to fall by the wayside anyway. I remember many times dealing with just some uh, people issues and the Spirit of God just saying, just leave it alone. Don't even touch it. Well, they're all going to get mad. It doesn't matter. Just leave it alone. Well, they all want you worked up in their thing. I'm not going there. And you don't have to either. You could just settle down and be okay. Right. Oh no, I want to to drag everybody into it. Next thing you know, you got a dozen people caught up in something that they ain't going to change anyway. So what? You know, why don't you just have a prayer meeting? There you go. We've got a bunch of you together right now. Let's just have a prayer meeting through prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. Woo! begin to change this and that, and the peace of God comes on the scene, and then you all can leave the prayer meeting all happy. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, it's just a thought. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Now, that's again, that's what he said. The word set means to aim the affection or attention of. So you aim. You can aim your attention. You can aim your affection. All right? It means the exercise, or the it means to exercise, entertain, or interest the mind. The word aim here too, or set, also is used uh, multiple times in scripture as the word uh, mindful. Okay, that same word. Um, so here it says the word set. Okay, so uh, you know anybody that's mindful, what they've done is they have set their mind, they've entertained their mind, they've aimed their mind towards something. So what he's trying to bring out is this, that you just don't have to aim your mind there. Okay? So you have to to aim your mind on things above, all right? Because, you know, God's looking out for you. He doesn't want you all caught up in that thing and affecting you physically and emotionally and mentally. All right? All right, so set your mind. So let's, let's see here. What do we got here? Let's go, uh, let's go to Romans 8. Let's do that, Romans 8. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Oh, yeah. yeah, I probably, I, I, to be honest, I probably at every sermon I ever preach, I bet I could find a verse in Romans 8 to go in the sermon. I don't doubt it, I don't doubt it my wife says, I love Romans 8. I mean, it just, it just hits hit so many areas. Okay, uh, verse 5, here it is. Uh, For those who live... Um, conduct life, live life, deal with life, everyday life It's what it's dealing with. For those who live according to the flesh, the natural, that you could say, okay, uh, they, the reason they do, it says, because they've set their minds on the things of the flesh or the things of the natural. So they, what he's trying to say is this. So when you start setting your mind on things, it determines some things. What you set your mind on ultimately determines actions. It determines words, even. Because yeah. many times you sit here, you stew on something, it ain't long, you you do it on enough, pretty soon it begins to affect the heart, fill the heart up with the stuff, and the word says, out of the abundance of heart, your mouth begins to speak. So you sit here, you stew on something, next thing you know, you're running something out your mouth. And next thing you know, you're going to live according to it, you're going to walk according to it. Isn't it amazing just how, just how you set your mind? I mean, think about it. You know, just think about how many times you just, just anything. I mean, you could be all by yourself. Nobody was even there. (laughs) Nobody did anything. Nobody said anything. You were just sitting on your little swing out in the yard. (laughs) And, you know, you went out happy, and then you come back in mad, disgusted, and upset. Or, you know, you think, what happened? (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) right? Nobody was even there. You didn't even take your phone. It's just what, you know what, just by aiming a mind what it can do. And you went out there thinking life was wonderful and came in thinking life just stinks. All because, where well, you aimed your mind. But those who live according to the Spirit, in other words, higher things, right, What have they done? They've set their minds, that's what it implies here, they've set their minds on the things of the Spirit. All right, verse 6, let's look at this. For to be carnally minded or fleshly or naturally minded, it leads somewhere, it takes you to a party. Nobody likes this party. Huh? Nobody likes that party. But we find ourselves there a lot. And, you know, and we get upset about it, but it is, you know, because we made a decision to, to just take thoughts and it led us down a road, and, you know. You know, the Scripture even says in Proverbs uh, 14 and 12, it says that, uh, uh, you know, that, you know, even things that seem or appear to be right sometimes take you down a road that leads toward ruin or death or destruction. It appeared right. It seemed right. You took a thought, and that thought, well, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I need to think on this. No, 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 you don't. Well, you're just, you know, you're just trying to get me to just act like it's not there. No, not at all. It's there. we nobody's denying its existence. But when you sit here stewing over something, you you're not giving God any place to move. So you're better to put your mind. See, it's more. Uh, It's more responsible for a Christian to set their mind on things of God because why? Because they trust him. So because you trust him, you set your mind on him. You have a mind state on him, and he knows exactly what's going on here. Nobody's denying the existence of what's happening. He just says you stewing over it and worrying about it and and being stressed out about it it ain't going to help anything. It it don't give God any room to move because you've shut your faith down. You start moving toward God, looking, leaning on God and setting your mind on God. Pretty soon there's that thing that starts, it just starts welling up on the inside. Pretty soon you find yourself, amen, speaking words of faith, praise God. Because you have went into a realm of possibility, and you hung out, hallelujah, in that realm of possibility. And now, hallelujah, nothing is impossible. Hey! And that's how it is. And I'll tell you what, that'll give you a whole lot better life than the other stuff. So that that thought is a, you know, it's an an invitation. And you just have to decide which thought you're going to take and which party you're going to go to. Okay, so to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, in other words, a mindset on things above, right, is life and peace. Peace is always going to be there somewhere. And, of course, this word life here is the word zoe, which means absolute life or abundant life. Amen, the life that you are called to. One translation calls it the God kind of life. That's good, right? So, amen, so you, you set your mind on things above. Now you've you decided to go... To the party where he's at. And so now you can have the life that he has to offer, praise God. And the peace is there, praise the Lord. Come on now. All right, verse 7. Let's go ahead here. Uh, because here we go, the carnal mind now, it just, it just wraps it up. The carnal mind is in me. It fights and wars against God. So when you you let a mind that just all wrapped up in and, and all the circumstances and situations and the things on this earth, and that's all you're gonna sit and stew over, you have to understand it's now. That carnal mind is now at war with God. That's what the word enmity means. Literally means to just stand back just ready to go into it. That's what it means. So you're the one that wants to help. You decided, I ain't going to go to that party. I'm going down this other party. So come on, you're going down this road. So what you've done now is you'd like put them up. Come on, come on, put, put, put them up, put them up. Fighting with God? I don't think that's going to get you anywhere. Just a thought. It says, for the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. In other words, he means is God. God's trying to walk you through things. God's trying to show you. God's trying to speak. God's trying to lead. But you won't. You will have nothing to do with it because you'd rather think on that. Remember, you know. The majority of things that we stress out about, we have control over. And the biggest one is just the fact is learning how to just set your mind. You have control of that. You know, I, I sometimes I wish it'd be cool. I wouldn't it be just be cool if we had some kind of a lock thing and we can unlock it and open it up and pour it in the right stuff, right? Wouldn't that be cool? It might be half disgusting, but it'd be but it'd be cool if you could do it. Because we we could make real quick services. I mean, you all want to leave early. Well, okay, praise the Lord. Get up here. Let's uncrack that thing. (laughs) Fill it all up. Lock her back down. See you next week. But I can't do that. So all we can do is try to, in this fashion, Amen. Walk you through things, show you some things, and do it in a way that hopefully it comes in there and locks in. And amen, you grab hold of it and get a revelation. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. amen. Uh, for the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, of God or look at this, nor indeed can be. So you, because you made a decision, I'm going I'm to meditate down. I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to hang out. And because you made a decision that God says, you know, I'm over here. I'll help you with that, but I don't go down that road. I don't hang out down there. But you can come down my road, Set your mind on things over here. Come on, somebody. Right. And if you just do that and and listen again, somehow or another, we kind of think that you know somehow uh, you know we we try to maybe in a sense, depending on what we're dealing with, sometimes we say, well, you know, I'm justified in my thoughts. Well, what's it doing to you? Well, I'm not happy. Well, obvious. So you you need to set your mind somewhere. Well, well, no, no, because no, this this. And you set your mind over here, and let God walk you through all that. Amen. God knows what's going on. God knows what's going on. All right. Let's try another one. Let's go to uh, put uh, 2 Corinthians ten. You know, we're talking about thoughts. You got to at least hit this verse. Cast down arguments. Reasonings, assumptions, that's what that word, okay? Imaginations, even that words even if you look at that, that Greek word up. Okay, so all kinds of stuff that goes on. But you have to, he says, tells you what to do. You cast it down. If you look up these words like cast down uh, or bring every thought into captivity, I mean, you know, everything's about amen. It's, it's pretty violent. They're pretty violent words. Um, so casting down, it means to literally lower with violence. And so you know, you, it, it, when you really stop and think about it, it, it's serious business. So you know, you sitting here chewing on that, meddling on that, you're playing around with something that, that could. There are people that play around with that stuff, and it it, it alters their whole life because they took a thought. So he says, "Listen, that was that was you 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 assume that, that's what the argument is. Why they use the word argument? Because it's like you know, I'm justified. I'm just. How dare they, this can't. Uh, and it's just, most of the time it's through, due to assumptions and reasonings, and we just assume, and in our mind we're assuming. You know, many times we talk with people and, and they, well, you know, everybody in the church is thinking about me. No, 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 they're not. No. No, they all, they're all looking at me. No, no, they all got their own issues. <laughs> Some people, I guess you just think you're that important, I guess, that they get up and they think about you and they go to bed thinking about you. They eat their lunch thinking about you. And before long, before long, see, you've got yourself. You know, you, you've won the argument. I said, you've won the argument, and so now you assume this is how it is, and it ain't like that. This is serious business. So, whole church is split just over this kind of stuff. Businesses leveled because of stuff like this. Families destroyed because of stuff like this, completely, and all it was, somebody Took a thought; they had no business taken, and so we didn't cast it down. We didn't lower it with violence. We didn't take authority over it and put our mind on the right stuff. And so now it says, "It says, and every high thing." And that's what it, what it means is something that literally it it, it it itself is trying to say: "I'm worth thinking about. Think about me." See. It's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, you know what God says, but, but hey, I know the word says that, but hey, think about me. So you buy into that thing. It exalts us. It's now a high thing in your life, and we've literally altered our life. Listen, people chase their tail all their life because they took a thought. And one bad thought bumps into another bad thought, we have puppies. The next thing you know, it's everywhere. I should probably say we have snakes. I don't know. What do you call a a litter, a kennel of snakes? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I said the puppies end up in a kennel club. Okay. All right. Whatever. But anyway, the point is that that's all it takes. One thought, and they have a thought, and this thought, and it comes together. We have all kinds of this. The next thing you know, whoo. And the whole time, everybody should have said, wait a minute, that's not a thought you want. Cast that stuff down. Well, if I don't, whoa, whoa, breaks! Hold it, hold it, hold it. Who are you? We take authority over that stuff and throw it down. Why? Because it's it's trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And it says here we are to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought every thought into captivity, which means this, that, okay, there's a thought, we take it, bring it down. What'd you do? I just got I got it in captivity here. Okay. Years ago, I wasn't that. I guess not too far back. It was a few years back, but I've had all kinds of these weird things with birds over the year I don't know how to explain it. one year we went out by our back door and there's this this buzzard literally a buzzard. It was a California condor literally massive sitting in my backyard It was hobbling around it was obviously was wounded and I'm thinking why what and how where did this come from? And so walk up, literally could lift its wings because it was injured and, um, you know, and my, what a wingspan on this baby, you know. I mean, I've had all kinds of stuff, you know. One day I walked out and there's this raven sitting on our the kid's playhouse thing and literally let me go up and touch its feet and I'm thinking, this is weird. But the one I'm referring to today was a little hummingbird and it went into my shop and And this hummingbird's up there in the up window up in the shop and trying to get out, hitting the window. And so I I roll up the big door thinking, fly on out. And, uh, well, it, it didn't. So I had to climb up. My racks in there climbed up there. And this bird, you know, just sitting in the window. So I cupped it with my hand. I thought for sure it'd fly away, right? It didn't. So talking about captivity. So I had this bird in my hand. Little, little hummingbird. And so I get climbed back down, basically one hand. <laughs> go outside, you know. So open up my hand, thinking it'd just take off, and it just sat there. I thought. Literally let me pet it. And my kids go, what are you doing, Dad? Bird, bird. (laughs) Bring every thought into captivity. Amen. And you determine, is that going to be a thought I need to be, you know, is that an invite I take or an invite I don't take? Am I going to chew on that or am I going to let it go? You have to determine that. It says you can do that. Okay, so now put verse 6 up here. Are you still with me? Yeah. And it says, and being and being ready, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. This, this, is, all, this is all just like vicious Hurrah! kind of words. And what it means is this: okay, you made a decision to let that go. Now stick with it. All right, now, your obedience was fulfilled because you knew you did the right thing by letting it go. Amen? But being ready to punish all this, in other words, every time your mind wants to run back over there, no, get back over here. And it takes a challenge. I was talking to a brother the other day, and, and just, you know, in fact, I think I was even using this as a, maybe last week or something was in the, uh, one of our classes in the prison there. And, and I don't know what, how, but I just, years ago, I just learned to just, you know, when, when those kind of things, I say, shut up, devil, shut up. A thought comes like, shut up, devil, shut up. I will not take that thought. And you got to be quick to do it, or you're going to say, hmm, hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon your head's a speed bag. And just and he just wailing on you. So you gotta say, uh uh, it ain't happening. I refuse to go there. I ain't gonna think about that. Not gonna go down that road. I'd rather put my attention on God. Anybody else in agreement with that? All right, still with me? Yeah. We're winding down here. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, I put a statement. I thought, uh, put, uh, put Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 up, the common text here, but um, uh, kind of goes along with a statement here. Um, and our success in life um, and, and which road we go down, we have to understand that it's, it's going to be based on what you think and not based on what He thinks. Now, let me let me clarify that. God's thoughts are always good. Yeah. Amen. But your life isn't dependent on what God's thinking. Your life is dependent on what you're thinking. Now, it works better when you're thinking what He thinks. Are you still with me? See, his thoughts towards you are always thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and hope. That's just, I mean, God's thoughts are always right thoughts. God's thoughts are always about your success. God's thoughts are always about things being well and whole and working in your life. That's God's thoughts. But, see, God could keep thinking that and your life just be a wreck because you won't hook up and think those thoughts. Isaiah 55 uh, tells us, you know, that his His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Now, in context, he's talking to, the Word says he's talking to a a wicked man, a man that's unstable in his life, a man that's up and down. He says, if you would come back to God and start putting your attention and thoughts where they should be, come on, you could hook up to the higher ways and up to a higher thought. That's in context. See? Because his thoughts are always higher. So, you have to determine that if my life is going to be successful, then I myself have to set my mind on things above and things that are not right, cast them down. Why? Because I got to stay locked on to his thoughts if my life's going to succeed. Is anybody else hearing me? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Go back to Philippians 4 since I said we would do that. Philippians 4. We'll wind this thing up. Philippians 4 again. Still with me? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think it's pretty serious business. You know, when you start thinking about, you know, of course, in, in context of the whole series, we're dealing with stress, you know, living a stress-free life. But, you know, you, you, you're not going to live stress-free if you can't even keep, you know, control of your thoughts. I mean, you're just, you're going to be constantly caught up in stuff. Okay, so um, let's see. So, um, in fact, let's uh, we'll read maybe the whole thing here, verse uh, 6 again, 7, and we'll read out down in the rest of this. Uh, be anxious for nothing, verse 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God. And then the what? The peace of God, there it is again, the, uh, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, he's trying to remember, Finally, brethren, listen, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble. No, come on, now, there are things that are true. Oh, but there's so much junk out there. Yes, there is. But there are things that are true. And there are things, what's the next one, that are, that are uh, just? No, noble. What is it, noble? Yeah. Noble. So whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, that just means honorable, that word does. Okay, so, I mean, there are things out there that are dishonorable. There's a lot of dishonor out there. A lot of stuff going on out there that's just it's just wrong. But there's also things out there that are right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever things are just or right. Okay. Whatever things are pure or clean. Whatever things are lovely, or that means acceptable. Whatever things are of good report, reputable, is what that means. Okay. If there is any any virtue or excellence, that's what that means. And if there is anything praiseworthy, commendable, would be another word that would fit there. Okay? Meditate on these things. He's telling you, these are the things you meditate on. So, this is what you set your mind on. This is what you lock your attention. This is where your mind needs to be stayed. Okay? Listen, he's not denying that all the other stuff's out there. He's just saying, listen, if, you, if that's all you're going to think about, I mean, it's, it's, it just gets so... It just gets depressing. It just gets stressful. It just gets, you know, filled with anxiety. Pretty soon we're all thinking, man, the world just, you know, you know, just, you know, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, the Word says that the world gets darker and darker, but it says the church gets brighter and brighter. It says the things of God get brighter and brighter. Every day should get brighter and brighter. Come on, somebody. So so which which party you want to go to? I'd like to go to the brighter and brighter one. Come on, right? Yes. Not the darker and darker. So, you know, it's all going to be depend on what you're going to hang on, meditate on. All right? And so you lock your attention on the things of God. And so all of a sudden now, see, around you, there is no dark because you're the light. You're a child of the light, living in the light, walking in the light, being the light. Come on, somebody, making a difference because of light. huh? And so you're going along. Why? Because all based on what you chose to meditate on. So you chose to put put in your mind the right things, and as a result of it, now you're giving God room to move. To move, I mean. And there's the peace of God comes, the joy of the Lord's there. Hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah. Now you have answers. Amen. You're going places. You're not just gonna, you know. Somebody say, "Well, you know, it's so ugly, so bad." You go, oh yeah, it is. Oh my God. It's so easy to get caught up in that mess. Instead, you can say, "Oh, no, things are great." Well, why are things great for you? Well, I'm glad you asked. All right. I said, all right. A couple quick ones here. Joshua 1.8. We use this one on Sunday. It fits here, too. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall, what? Meditate in it day and night. That means in the good times and the bad times, by the way. It's not really referring to in daylight and dark. It means in good times and bad times. Okay. Uh, why? Well that you can observe to do according to all that's written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Why? Isn't it amazing that a part of it? Now I think Sunday we talked about just the aspect of of what comes out your mouth, but today we're talking about the, the meditate part. So you, you know, what you set your mind on. In fact, if you really, you know, gets technical and what we've been finding out tonight even, that your mouth is pretty connected to it. So, you know, you meditate on something long enough, pretty soon you're you're saying those words, you know. And so, anyway, uh, I'd rather have uh, you know a prosperous way and good success. Anybody else with me on that one? Yeah. I like that. Yes. And regardless of what your doctrine is about whether you should be prosperous or not, it's irrelevant. Everybody likes a prosperous life and likes good success. I don't care who you are. Right. Okay, and everything you know, I'd like to, my marriage to be a prosperous and good success. I would like my family. Prosperous and good success. Come on, right? Our business or whatever. a Prosperous and good success. The church. Prosperous and good success. Come on, right? Your endeavors. Prosperous and good success. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go. Hey, it's working. It's going. It's blowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Put Psalms 1 on the board. We're about done. Blessed is the man. Power. Amen. Power to succeed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. See, if it's counsel, that means somebody's saying something, right? Or stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So, um, you know, at least for the first one, the counsel, talking about there's words being said, and the seat of the scornful means that there's, there's mockery being said or done. Um, path of the sinner is just referring to, you know, people that, that literally means that they have a habit of doing something, and you know that, so... He's saying here, guard where you walk, guard where you stand, and guard where you sit. Why? Because you're going to be plugging things into your head. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, we could say, and in his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3. What happens then? Well, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. You're productive. Things are working for you, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, the the word with the leaf uh, shall not wither is talking about literally. There's, in fact, the scriptures talk about the the healing in the in, in the leaf, and there's always talking about is okay. Your life's succeeding, and everywhere you go, because you're not withering. You're making a difference everywhere you go. It's obvious. It's seen. Amen. It's it's not only just something working in your life, but it. It's seen and evident by, by those around. Amen. And whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. So a big part of, you know, of a prosperous life or a successful life is going to be based on what you're thinking about, what you choose to meditate on. And so we have to settle it in our hearts uh, that we're going we're to set our minds on right things. Are you still with me? Yeah. I think I got her done. No. Amen. Yeah. All right. So, did you get some tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Watch y'all stand up. Let me pray over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and just tell us, hey, neighbor, let's put our mind on things above. Amen. All right. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Once again, thank you for your word. Thank you for these principles here today. Thank you, Lord God, for a people that have, hallelujah, have got their, you know, the eyes of the understanding enlightened today, giving us some answers, giving us some clarity about some things. And Father, I thank you and praise you. Amen. For a people of God who've made quality choices to set their minds on things above. And Father, we give you praise for it. Forgive us for the times that we Took thoughts we had no business taking. Times that we meditated on stuff we had no business meditating on. And we choose life. We choose you. Because we trust in you. And we're going to have our minds stayed on you. And Father, I give you praise for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that guards their hearts and their minds. Amen. Manifesting on their behalf. And I give you praise for their success. Hallelujah. I give you praise, Lord God. Hallelujah. That they're pro, uh, productive. I give you praise, Lord God, that everywhere they go, they make a difference. And for that, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Thank you for joining us for this message.